Welcome to another episode of the Larry's Pop Pod. This is a mini pop edition, and I'm Chris Larry. I'm Amelia Larry. And today's mini pop, we're going to review an experience that we had lately, actually a expedition, and that was the Nat Geo Ocean Encounter in Times Square which we're going to tell you about and tell you a little bit about the time that we had. Right off the top, can you describe what it, what it is exactly that we went to? You probably know what Net Geo is. Yes, National Geographic. Net Geo usually doesn't have, like, main museums. So they set up some a exhibit in Times Square right around there, and it is all about oceans and under the oceans and what have they found out in 2017 yes so our executive producer uh mary larry actually had gotten these tickets for us it was a, a, a holiday gift a christmas gift and so we went last Sunday, about probably the third week in January. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but I think the exhibit was wrapping up in January. So at least the New York City version is going to be over soon. But I think it's probably traveling to other cities. And basically it uses a bunch of really cool interactive technology, projections and 3D and kind of immersive rooms to kind of give you the experience of traveling across the Pacific Ocean um, and ending up in basically the coast of Northern California. So can you give me an example of some of the things that were interactive, some of the exhibits they took advantage of this new uh, technology? Well, the first room you went into, when you'd walk, like fish would scuttle away from your feet because that's what usually happens when you walk in the shore of a sea, an ocean, or any body of water. Yeah, and the projections were on the ceiling, they were on the walls, they were on the floor, So, and, and things were reacting to you as you went into the room. Another cool example of the interactivity was that everything that they did wasn't just with projections and with technology. They actually had some really cool kind of old-fashioned special effects, analog special effects. My favorite was probably the way that they used mirrors in the kelp forest to make you feel like you were lost in this deep kelp forest. They had mirrors on the walls and on the floor. It was almost like a fun house of mirrors, but instead it would, the mirrors were reflecting the stalks that were actually there and making you feel like kind of disoriented. What do you think about that part? I think like two times I turned and walked into a wall. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, no, that's me. So I'm going to go that way because that's the people in front of me. I can tell you, I was way more disoriented and confused than any of the corn mazes that we've been in. <laughs> yeah. So that was super cool. So they did things with both really cutting-edge technology like digital projections and interactive projections and then some really simple things using light, using color, using mirrors uh, to, to really bring some of their points home. We'll talk a little bit about some of the specific exhibits in a, in a second, but what would, what was the overall mission of the exhibit? What was Nat Geo trying to sort of get you to learn and, and do? Well, I think they were trying to give you information of what the ocean kind of suffers, how it's thriving, and how you can help it. Yeah, Nat Geo with the Ocean Encounter wants you to think about what is actually killing the oceans and wants you to be more aware of what you do 
individually and some of the bigger issues that are really putting our oceans in danger. So it definitely had a, a learning mission to help us want to preserve these things more. Let's talk about a couple of the other ones that of the interactives. I have to say, I'll name my favorite and then maybe you could do that as well. My favorite had to be the 3D room when you're in the bait ball. A bait ball is when larger mammals and larger fish like dolphins and marlins they get all of these sardines uh, going so fast and they make them go in a circle and then it's easier to eat them if you just kind of swim through this big ball of fish. That's why it's called a bait ball. That's where we get the term packed in like sardines, actually. <laughs> and being in the middle of that bait ball in this like 3D projection, but then the screen is all around you, that was so crazy. What did you think about that? Yeah, it was funny. Like... One time when I was following a bird diving in, it went to the other side of the room and then just hit a mirror and it disappeared. Really? I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And then when I heard sounds of like, mm, and then I like, that has to be a whale. And then next thing you know, there's this huge rubber thing coming up and all the fish are gone. Yeah, it just eats like the whole bait ball by itself. So that was a super cool part. I really, that was maybe my... My personal favorite. What was your personal favorite in, in the expedition? I actually have two because... What? Yeah. My first one is kind of small. It was the first room you would enter after they tell you a little bit of description. First, these little fish swarm around your heels and then scurry off. And then there's like little um, stingrays at your feet. It's super cute. And then you see a mother dolphin and it her baby. And you see... A tiger shark approaching. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and the commentators are like, oh no, where'd the tiger shark go? And then it tries sneaking up. But right at that moment, other dolphins come in and the tiger shark swims away. I just thought that was an awesome moment before the other um, encounter starts. And my second one is a bioluminescence room. And that day I had a white sweater on and the collars of my shirt were just lighting up and people's hats were lighting up, people's dresses were lighting up, everything was lighting up and you could touch the coral. And the person who'd like tell you about this place were like, you cannot touch corals in real oceans because that will probably kill the coral. But we were allowed to touch this coral because it was plastic. Right, it was just a, a, re, a reproduction. Mm -hmm. I can't, we both shared, no, you shared two, hello. We both shared some of our favorite parts of it and we haven't even talked about how you can make the sea otter dance from your movements. We haven't even talked about the Humboldt squid battle. So there are so many cool parts of this experience, this encounter. Nat Geo just did, I think, a fabulous job with this. If you're in a different city than New York, look and see if it's coming anywhere near you. It's probably maybe at a science center or downtown. Um, maybe what we'll do is we'll look up if it's going to travel at all and put that in the show notes. And we'll also try to add, uh, we took a lot of good pictures, so we'll put some links in the show notes to some of the pictures that we took. And you can also look at our Instagram account, at the Larry's Pop Pod where we also were posting some pictures and we'll post some more once this episode is up. So the other cool part of this was the ending where they had a lot of little exhibits and stuff. Tell me a little bit about the end of the of the exhibit. The end of the exhibit is just to make sure they didn't like they 
if you have a reoccurring question, if they didn't um, really talk about that, you can, in this last room, do it. And there are, there's this big map of southeast, west, and north. And there are, you can pick which animal you want to learn more about, the habitat, everything, what they do during the night, what they do during the day. And there is this game where you ha- you own a little bit of an ocean. And it's like, you want to support a local business that will also support your ocean. Which local business should you support? And then you pick the right one for your ocean to bloom because it's like a total disaster. And you kind of, and it's where like kids would draw anything. There's like little pieces of paper where they can draw what they saw and you can make a pledge there and so it's kind of just wrapping the whole exhibit up let's talk about our pledge that we made they you know they want to make people change their habits right and to think differently about global warming nature how we treat the planet etc etc we we did two pledges um we'll share some of the pictures and what our pledges were uh, online and in the show notes but do you remember what your pledge was my pledge was mine was to reduce my carbon footprint which if anyone doesn't know what that means it's basically to stop putting gas out into the world like stop like i'll still be in the car but i'll try to do it less maybe try to ride a bike or use subways or public terms transportation that's my pledge for example for me i've got to go to washington dc this week and so instead of driving when we just be one person that's a lot of uh, carbon they're putting in the air from the gas i'll take the train so there's a good example of being thoughtful about that the pledge i took was actually to use less uh or use environmental friendly household cleaners um not use the ones that have a lot of chemicals and a lot of pesticides and things that they both hurt the quality of the water and they can make animals sick. And so I try to use good clean or cleaner uh, cleaning products for around the house or for big projects. But one that I really kind of liked a lot that really has me thinking is stop using as many plastic straws. Do you think they, you have any idea why they say that? I think it's because straws sometimes hurt animals like i've heard they've gotten into turtles and things like that i just think it's one of those things that you don't really use that long you use it for like one drink and it's Mm -hmm. all that extra plastic and then it does all of those things also producing plastic is also bad for carbon emissions so it's just kind of like why are we having all this damage for one silly straw you know and also sometimes restaurants just take it out like if you don't want a straw they just put it in there so then if you're trying to reduce that, then you already have it in there and you might as well use it. So restaurants might want to stop doing that. Maybe we should do a campaign to get restaurants to start only give straws out when people ask. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good idea. All right. So we are going to wrap it up, but I want to talk about two things. One, um, as I've talked about before, we're doing uh, a youth podcasting after school kids club at the local elementary school. Right after we hear from our sponsors, we're going to hear from three of those participants as they share something in pop culture that they're into right now. So as, uh, we'll be hearing more of their voices in shows over the coming weeks and months. So you hear a little bit of that right after uh, a word from Brooklyn Bandana. And I also wanted to talk about how over the next couple weeks here, if you're listening to this kind of close to air date, 
the Winter Olympics will be happening. And we've had a couple of requests to cover the Winter Olympics. What do you think about that, Amelia? Um, I think that's exciting because the Olympics have done some good things this year and some maybe bad things this year. All right, so we'll, our next episode will be our uh, 2018 Winter Olympics preview, and then we'll try to do maybe some more regular ones. It might just be a couple minutes. You know, they might just be reacting to, like, the figure skating or the skiing. Uh, but we'll try to get those up more regularly. So we're going to experiment with that format. So you can look forward to that over the coming coming weeks. Or if this is later on and you want to go and revisit the Winter Olympics, then you can do that through us. So here is our friends at Broca Bandana. And then our friends from the Radio 321 Kids Club talking about what they like in pop culture. Broken Bandanas, Broken Bandanas, get out and get one today. Brooklyn bandanas, Brooklyn bandanas, no time to waste the rain. You can wipe your tears if you're feeling blue. Avoid a redneck and attract one too. You can hail a cab, wave it in the air, put it in your back pocket, shake it ear ear. You can wrap it, wear it, dab it, tie it, hold it, knot it, wave it, buy it. Brooklyn bandanas, Brooklyn bandanas, get out and get one today. Go to www.brooklynbandanas.com to get yours today. I went to the Women's March on Sunday, and I liked it because I felt like all the people there were standing up for themselves and fighting against the unfairness in the world. What is something that interests you? Well, I like the show Rotten and how things I never knew might come true have. Um, what is your favorite segment on that show? Well, I like Rotten. Why do you like it? Well, it's because um, it could reduce allergies and asthma and other stuff, but... Sometimes you can get diseases from it. Okay, cool. What is something that interests you? Um, I like I like um, I like shows from the BBC Channel that contain animal documentary, and um, and um, my favorite animal is wolf is the wolf. Why do you like it? Um, well, I like wolves because they're not solitary and they work together to catch prey. Lately, I have been reading a book called A Dog's Life, and I started it and loved it, partly because the it's in the perspective of a dog, and partly because the main character, a dog, goes through a lot of hardship, and it and it is straight. So the best part is at the end when a, the dog meets an old lady, and the old lady named Susan takes her in. Thanks for listening to this episode. Bye-bye! Bye-bye.